This week's Raiders game against the Dolphins is brought to you by American First Credit Union, the official home of the official Raiders debit card. All of the same great features and benefits now with the silver and black. Learn more at AmericaFirst.com slash Raiders. Question of the day. What are the chances after Saturday, Utah's 1-0 in conference play, and two 4-0 teams meet next week in Logan? It doesn't seem that there's a lot of doubt about the Utes and the Cougars, but there is plenty of doubt about the Aggies. And that's what makes it so exciting, PK. The coming off a one-win season, it was a complete disaster. New coaching change. Tons of transfers from the starting quarterback to the leading tackler. And it has all come together so quickly. They have beaten a Pac-12 team on the road. They hadn't done that. They hadn't beaten any team from a power conference in 50 years. I mean, at that point, it wasn't even power conferences. That's a new thing. And now they've won their conference opener against an Air Force team that's been a problem for them. And here comes Boise State. Dream big, baby. Dream big. Oh, yeah, for sure. But I think this is the way you want it. You don't want it. It gets boring if every game is something that you're just going to slaughter. Now you got something that you're not sure. I I view this as as, this is fun. This is what it's about here. On a lower level, the greatest football program of all time, the Corner Canyon Chargers. I can remember uh, reading some, or it was one of your post-game interviews that Dave Fox did or somebody did on the field, maybe it was Frank or Tony last year, and it was a close game, and they hit up one of the receivers, and he says, yeah, this was a lot of fun. You know, no disrespect to the other teams, but beating everybody by 45-50, eh, you know, it's kind of boring in a sense. And so you want these games. We talked about it for years when Utah made the transition into the Pac-12 from the Mountain West. At At those times, going in those final years, it was like it was just BYU or TCU, and then you were going to handle everybody else. And now you're not sure what's going to happen. And that that's what it's about. That's why when you get these wins, they make it that much better and that much sweeter. And for Utah State, man, wow. Jeez. <laughs> this would just be so gigantic. I, I get it, Boise State and a couple losses, this or that. But eh, so what? It's still... If nothing else, it puts you up 2-0 in the conference. And I've always believed if you are an an elite-level Mountain West Conference team, you're a pretty good football team. And I just don't take these designations, Power 5, non-Power 5, or Group of 5, and they place you in these categories. These categories should be earned not just designated and like you're entitled to it, but nevertheless, that's the system. And it is sweeter when you do it. I get it. And if you win those games against Power 5 opponents, that matters more. But to an extent, I think they're bogus because I think we've seen many times if you're an elite Mountain West team, you're very much capable capable of beating the middle to the bottom of Power 5 teams, conferences. I, I firmly believe that. I firmly believe that. We've seen plenty of uh, results over the years. We've seen plenty of results this year. So you can't be surprised. I mean, Fresno State just won at UCLA. That was a wildly entertaining game. San Diego State just beat Utah. You can go on down the line. There's more examples. 
And it's funny, you know, yesterday I mentioned I saw the Florida AD say, and I said, well, you and I believe that, but we've been following Mountain West teams for decades and WAC teams before that. And it's just weird to hear an SEC guy say it. And then, of course, I'm driving home later and I'm thinking, well, of course he said it. The Alliance, he's not going to be able to schedule games against three of the leagues. They're pretty much going to be booked up. So it's going to be Big 12 or bust. Of course he's going to have to go out and, and schedule other teams. Of course he said it. I don't know why that took so long to come to me. Oh, so like he's <laughs> pumping them up? Well, he's just so, a, he's a, yeah, probably so a little bit of that. Is what you're getting at. Yeah, it's a little political. It's a little pumping them up, and it's a little bit just looking at reality. Well, this alliance thing is going to happen. We, we tried to monopolize college football with ESPN, and at the last thing, Texas A&M blabbed, and now the Big Ten and the Pac-12 and the ACC are on to us, and they're going to chew down our TV deal. They're going to schedule each other and blow us off. They're pissed at us, and they yeah, don't I like gotcha. us. So See, I, view, I got you. I understand yeah. exactly what you're saying, and it makes complete sense as you bring that up. I view college football in a manner in which I view the NBA. And what I mean by that is the advent of the and the progression of the foreign player. Nobody bats an eyelash now. The foreign player is not a one-trick pony you know, like he used to be, you know, big man, big white dude who can shoot a little bit. Now, now we see foreign guys of all different f- – races and ethnicities and all different caliber of players they're tough they're hard-nosed so the game i think in the nba there's a whole lot more uh increased pool of players who are really good i view that same thing with football in our country with the advent of the youth programs and guys like john beck riley jensen's talking about how he's training 40 quarterbacks well, I, I don't know if that used to happen as much. So the point I'm making is that there's the players and their games at a younger age, the pool of them in terms of quality players has grown. So they all can't go to the power fives, right? So you look at it. We've seen it in Big Sky. I mean, my gosh, look at Trey Lance, right? You know, he's being touted as a, a big-time quarterback. We'll see how he develops in the uh, NFL but it's not really a shocker anymore to have, you know, the, the Kurt Warners where he's stocking shelves at the local whatever food market, supermarket store. That's, just, you know, that, that's an incredible story. But having these guys come from so-called smaller places, it, it's not that unusual. So there's, I think the pool of great players has increased so it only makes sense that these other places are going to be better. Now, it's going to be interesting to see what happens on the transfer portal because you don't want to happen like, you know, inadvertently with Jackie Robinson going and breaking the color line. Well, what did it do? It basically shut down the Negro Leagues, right? I mean, the Negro Leagues, I didn't grow up with the Negro Leagues, but my father did with the Newark Eagles, and he told me about it, and that's why I made sure I got to the Negro League Baseball Hall of Fame in um, – Uh, Kansas City there so it was important to go there so they shut down that league and that that sucked well I don't want this transfer portal shutting down or really limiting these group of five programs and having these players then view it as a complete and total minor league system I hope it doesn't come to that Uh, I don't know that it will but I certainly have a concern going forward that that could possibly be but for right now they play a pretty good brand of football and I'm expecting a good brand of football tomorrow at uh, 10 o'clock when I turn on my former employer who just kind of just savagely let me go back in the spring 
Greg Bell at San Diego State is a good example of a guy who, you know, was at Nebraska, transferred to San Diego State. Playing time is important. I get, and there will be examples, I get why group of five schools are worried about guys having a little success and then trying to move to a power five school. I get that, and it'll probably happen to a degree, but by the same token, guys want playing times. If you can find a power five and a stable situation, a good situation, or excuse me, a group of five that's a stable situation, a good situation, the way Rocky Long had San Diego State going for a decade, and I think you got to embrace that. I do embrace Go, it. You know, as a player, <laughs> I do. I get you do. <laughs> I just don't know. You, you and I look at things differently than a 16-, 17-, or 18-year-old is going to look at it. And I do think that there, you're right about the young talent. There's a certain amount of professionalism that's come to youth sports, and that's both good and bad. And there are definitely sharks out there making money off people, not uh, bringing value. But I can remember being stunned 20 or 30 years ago reading about these uh, – English and European soccer teams signing 12-year-olds. And now you look at what we hear, and it's different here, but you hear like what we hear when we talk to former athletes that we have on our show, and Steve Cleveland comes on and talks about his grandkids, actually. And he's like, hey, these 12- and 14-year-olds, they watch Steph Curry highlights, and then they try to go do it in the gym. I mean, there is a level of training that just didn't exist. And uh, Gundy at Oklahoma State just went off on this about uh, how he ate and going to the pool and flirting with girls. And, and then two-a-days, two or three weeks before the game started, it's just it's completely different now. There is a level of professionalism in youth sports, for better or worse, that will help some elite athletes. There's, there's no doubt about it. Well, for better if it works, and for worse if it doesn't. That would be the simple line to draw, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, there's no sense de- delving into that, because parents do what they do in the moment, and they think it's right, and who knows. And, for one person it is, and for another it isn't, yeah, and yeah. how do you know until you go down that road? You know, yeah. Maybe you know a little bit, but a lot of times, I think as parents, the longer you parent, the more you realize, man, I'm just... I'm just holding on, waiting for the horn at the old at the rodeo. <laughs> just, hey, just stay on the bull, man. That's me. Just stay. You're figuring that out now as oh, you go along. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm way behind yeah. you two, obviously. And, and and we make a big deal and we put the pressure on sports, but don't remember, don't forget, I should say, Jesse Spano. She started taking drugs because she had to get into the best school possible at Bayside High. I don't know if you remember that, and it became a little bit of an issue for her because of the pressure to have great grades and all that. So it's on the academic side, too. And, you know, maybe that's why she went and then became a dancer in Vegas and really struggled and did some things that she probably shouldn't have. You know what I'm talking about. I didn't know which one Jesse Spano was until you did the whole dancing Vegas thing. Now I think I got it. Well, what's wrong with you? How do you not know exactly who Jesse Spano is? You're, you, 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 you've long since denied greatness. They had the college years. They've had a remake. It's simply one of the five greatest shows ever, and it's about time you've gotten on board. And I felt for Jesse as she was getting, what, some type of narcotic that speed or whatever it's called. I don't know. I'm not familiar with any of that stuff. But she was all hyped up. That's real, Dave, and it's about time you acknowledge it. Get the Tina Turner going right now, Yak. Simply the best. Let's make it happen. 
Tina Turner now just going into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. How difficult is that to get into? Tina Turner should have been in 20 years ago. Easy I call can't there. Believe that, man. Easy call there. You're totally yeah. right. Why did Tina Turner have to wait? I'm seeing who's made it into that thing. Tina Turner should have been in a while ago. Yeah. Get up to speed already. I mean, fortunately, she's still alive, so she's not going to have to worry about being made posthumously. That's not the word, and you know it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Tina, dance, man. She going out on tour anytime soon? I don't know that. Tina, tour one more time. I'll be there. I've seen three concerts in the last month. Got the poll questions up. You can vote right now. 88% of the people think BYU is winning. 72% believe in the Utes. Aggies at Boise State. Virtual toss-up here. Utah State with a 52-48 edge right now. Good. I think they're probably voting with their heart. How about if Baylor Romney just kicks butt and they score 50 points? Do we have a quarterback controversy? <laughs> oh. Doubles up. I don't Jared. think so. I don't think so. I think they really want Paul to be the guy. And I'm going to be distracted by how awesome this song is because this song is awesome. And I think that the quality of opposition will factor into it. Well, like, yeah, whoever they play was going to light this okay, team Okay, but how much worse is Arizona than South Florida? That's an excellent question. And I think that goes back to the confidence and false confidence because I think the best football Arizona played, they, they played in the middle of that season opener. So far. Yeah, and other than that, it's been a disaster. It just keeps getting worse and worse. They got run off the field by San Diego State. They got humiliated by Northern Arizona. You're lumberjacks. Taking you know them they, down. You know who they play this week? Uh, I do because I saw the Pac-12 schedule, but I forgot. Is it USC? It's Oregon. Oh, it's Oregon. Okay. Or in Eugene. I knew, I knew it was one of them. Yeah. It's either uh, FS1 or ESPN late at night. ESPN 830. ESPN. Yeah, it's going to be over by 845. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> oh, USC's got Oregon State, and that's on FS1 at 8:30. I know that. Maybe that one. Maybe that one will hold our in, our interest. Uh, a little longer, although we'll have the BYU game at that time anyway. Yep. Uh, so I, I think there's something there. You know, I'm not going to rule it out. And I'm Romney. Romney doesn't want to have it be ruled out. Why should I rule it out? I, I don't think that they want Hall to play. They believe he's the best player. I don't. It, that mobility play, he gives you, the run he gives you against the Ute, against great. the Utes, that, that's a big play. It's a big momentum play in that game. Agreed. Agreed. And and is Romney going to provide that occasionally, well, maybe? Not, not, but not to the as level often. of Hall. Not to, not the, to level. the level. Right. Yeah, I actually think you're talking of that first down when it was they were in no man's land. But they couldn't it was, punt. What, it was fourth too of close. 10, fourth yep. and 11, something like yep. that. I actually believe that was the bigger momentum change than the Algier play. Because the Algier tackle was an, a phenomenal play. The fumble, you know, they were fortunate the ball stayed in bounds. But the offense still had to get out there and take care of business. Even if the Devils would have taken, okay, we intercept the ball, run it back to the 10 and fumble. Do we take this play right now? Yes. They still would have taken that play. And 
I'm not, I don't know what was gonna what would would happen, but that fourth and was it? I think it was eleven. Was it ten? Yeah, I think it was eleven. Yeah, and to get that first down was just big time, big time because that game and it's not taken away from Algier because it's a phenomenal play, no doubt about it. But I think that I didn't see that coming. I thought they were going to turn the ball over on downs, and their offense at that point was sputtering. They'd got a couple of turnovers and only, what, three points to show for it. So that whole play was great. But you got to start to ask yourself. I can. I have a friend. She's in uh, fantasy football, and every year she call. She texts me. Uh, that's why you go with Podium because people text. Uh, that uh, go to podium.com slash special, of course, as you know. And she, she texts me, you know, who do you, who do you like this year? And she was asking me about, uh, was it Cook of Minnesota and McCaffrey? I said, hey, I love McCaffrey, but he's always hurt. And now we got the same deal with Hall here? Are we just going to overlook this? Here we are, hurt again, and can't play? Well, that's the so, beauty of having Romney. It's not that big a drop-off. Uh, I know. You lose a little of the but super mobility do, and all that, but... Do we want to just ignore that, that that's a problem? Because now this is, again, so this is becoming a problem here. And how much can you count? I, I've had coaches tell me they've gone and chosen a player that they didn't necessarily think was as talented it's certainly not more talented but they absolutely believe in the player's durability over the other player the best ability is availability i'm wondering here you know where do we go with this and so we'll have to see how this game turns out tomorrow night and what the injury situation is next week because i'm not you know who knows i maybe and i hope for hall to be healthy every game every player i don't care who it is i hope for them all to be healthy, especially at the collegiate level. Absolutely, 100%. I don't care. Against my devils, I want your guys to be healthy. It just, for me, it doesn't mean that much anyway. But I hate to see injuries. We all do. So I wouldn't rule it out necessarily. Suppose Braylor Romney comes out there and just looks big time. I guess that would, if Hall is healthy next week, he starts. It's still Hall. In my mind, it's still Hall. Yeah. And I'm on I'm on board with Romney. I don't want to dismiss that Boise no, game two you. years ago. I and gotcha. I I get it was one game and it was two years ago, but he passed the eyeball test to me. And I thought when they had this competition, well, if somebody beats him out, then that quarterback's gonna be really good. Because there's he's just established a baseline. And he didn't miss a beat coming in against Arizona State. Hey, you're under the rush, you're falling away, throwing on your back foot. you got to loft it over a defender and, and drop it in. And granted, your tight end's wildly talented and a big target. But he was pinned against the back of the end zone with a defender in front of him. That, put it that, where his guy can that get That pass it. was on the money. Yeah, my guy or no guy, right? That's what... Uh, my guy or no guy. I like that. Yeah. Man. That's a quarterback thing they all say. Oh, that. well, you played quarterback in a mural, so you know, buddy. <laughs> I didn't, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but I did in the mascot bowl one time. Does that count? <laughs> <laughs> bunch of guys in costumes I got to play quarterback because I didn't have big goofy gloves on literally I goofy did gloves play quarterback in intramurals oh you did was, the oh yeah it was flag football and uh, the one guy on the line told me man I'm open I'm open I said yeah but the problem is your job is to block so quit telling me you're open because I'm not throwing the ball to you we got you on the line to allow me the time to throw it really ticked me off DJ and PK at 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're giving away tickets to the University of Utah next. Stay with us. 
The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. Jaron Hall got the wind knocked out of him, according to him, but there's probably a little tough guy talking there. So what do they do with him for this weekend in a game in which the Magic Vegas predicting wizard has him winning by 65? 23. What do you do with Jaron Hall? If he's got injured ribs, then you don't play him because he probably can't perform up to snuff anyway. The mighty Bulls of South Florida, their defense is barely existent. Maybe that's an arrogant attitude to take, but it's something you have to take into consideration when planning out the future of your schedule. If you think you have the opportunity to make a little bit of a run here, you got to think about that stuff. You can be conservative. I do believe that because you should beat this team no matter what. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O' Tires. The team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Time to catch up on everything we've been talking about in the show today. We gave away BYU football tickets at 8.30. Gave away tickets to see Utah State at 8.50. Now we've got tickets... See the Utes. Caller 12 855 zone 855 zone Right now, Caller 12 gets tickets to Utah and Washington State. Temperatures in the 80s. A 1230 kickoff. The game will wrap up by 4. This is perfect. This is old school college football back in the day. Four of the six Pac-12 games are uh, Pac-12 after dark variety. Be a lot of Pac-12 football on tomorrow night on... ESPN and uh, FS1 and the Pac-12 Network, and I think ESPNU's got a game. So four of the six games are under the lights at night, which, you know, if you're in Arizona or Southern California, that was kind of their tradition this time of year. But it's not the tradition here in Utah, so we got a day football game. Gear up for that. Take advantage of it. You don't know when it's coming again. Yep, and you get your tickets right now. Caller 12-855-340-ZONE. If you don't win now, there will be more tickets. On the big show and on Scotty and Hands coming up. I know uh, Scotty and Hands giving away BYU tickets at 1230 and Utah tickets at 130. Not sure about their plans for the Aggies, but I'm sure Mr. Aggie, Scotty G, will have plans in that area. All right. We have mostly been talking football this morning. We've talked a little golf and PK. We have a reversal of fortune. Well, at least the start of one. Poulter and McElroy have won a couple of holes. I think they've won 10 and 11. Cantley and Shoffley are now 3 up through 11 at the Ryder Cup. They were up 5 after 5 holes, and I think they were still at 5 at the turn. But now it's 3 up after 11. Dustin Johnson, Colin Morikawa, they're 2 up on Casey and Hovland through 13. Kepka and Berger are 2 up through 13 as well on Westwood and Fitzpatrick. And Sergio Garcia and John Rahm, a long putt, and they have stretched their lead to three up through 15. So they've just about wrapped it up with Thomas and Spieth. But the U.S. up on three of the four matches right now. The football news this morning. Uh, if there's a game that we have overlooked a little bit, or well, I don't want to say we've overlooked it. If there's a game whose outcome we might be overlooking and presupposing a little bit, Utah over Washington State. But I just think the mindset, expecting to win, the Utes have the advantage there. I mean, Mike Leach had a good run. Um, not quite the Kyle run, but he had four years, you know, averaging about a little over nine wins a year, like Kyle had over a six-year span. And like Kyle, he had an 11-win season, but they've gone 6-7. and seven. They were 1-3 in that brief thing last year. They are 1-2 now. So, 8 and 12, not exactly the mojo you're looking for. And you got your clock cleaned in the second half by Washington State. You got beat by Utah State in the fourth quarter. I know Utah's had problems, so assuming they're going to win seems like maybe a little um, 
little too much ego, a little too much confidence. And yet I look at the way things are going for Washington State, and I think, I know the Utes have their problems, but they're still in a better place than this team. Uh, sure, but that's not what it's about. Utah believes they can contend for the South, not where we don't suck as bad as Washington State. That's not going to get you anywhere. So they need to come out and have a dominating performance. So if you just want to go for the win perspective, sure, go that way. But this team needs to put together a complete game and look good doing it because they got SC coming up in their next game uh, after a bye. And for them, it, they believe that they can win the South. And why so, not? The South looks wide open. So just squeaking by, we don't suck as bad as you, isn't near good enough. So the uh, – and I agree with that. Yeah, if they walk off the field after a 17-16 win and it's mistake-filled and all that, it'll be a win, but we'll be in here talking about what was wrong, not the fact they won. So – 100%, right. 100% I'm on board with that. It's interesting that maybe one of these uh, sports cliches is actually springing to life. We get this moment of truth that creates the cliche, and then the cliche lives on even when it's not close to true. But well, the only people who believed in us were in this building because there are a lot of Ute fans who are thinking eight and four tops, maybe six and six here. And when you say they believe they're going to win the South, I wonder if they have that level of conviction after the last two games. I think they had that level of conviction in August. I, I, I buy that. Well, but, see, I think that's where that we may not suck as bad as the other teams can factor in and pump up their belief. Because so it's not just a wazoo that. thing. It's a whole division thing. Well, yeah. it's a, who, who's good in the Pac-12 South? Right now, nobody. Who's dominant? Who's really good? Right now, nobody. UCLA yeah. and UCLA have had flashes of it, but they've also both got uh, debacles they would like to completely forget. USC wants to wipe away that Stanford thing, and UCLA cannot be proud of the way the defense got shredded in the fourth quarter by Fresno State because they no. got shredded soft on defense. performance. Yes. And that program's been known for being soft. Yep. So here we go again. Yeah. So you can go down the whole list. And there's only uh, three other teams you need to worry about because Colorado and Arizona ain't doing it. So there's only three other teams right there. And the Utes are right in the mix with those three teams. In a sense, it's going to be really entertaining because you don't have a dominant team where everybody's chasing the big dog. It doesn't look like there's a big dog. Someone's going to emerge, obviously, and they might very well emerge with a good record. And SC has the advantage of not having to play Oregon, and Utah has to play them. That could be a significant difference. And maybe not. they don't play Washington, and maybe Washington can get it together. Who'd they play last week? They played some rakening team and beat them up pretty good. I can't remember who it was off the top of my head. Uh, so going forward there, you know, schedule might factor into it. But Utah, all and if they don't quite believe it, all they got to do is turn in a dominating performance tomorrow, and they will believe it. I believe they will believe it. I believe that they believe it to a degree, <laughs> but I believe they certainly will believe it. That's a, lot of, go, that's a lot of beliefs. I think well, I've I got your point, but you've entertained me enough. I don't really care anymore. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm trying to speak, you know, believe in faith. I try yep. to speak your guys' ah, language. I do the best I can. I don't always succeed. A lot of times I struggle. And I've got issues of my own, as you know. But nevertheless, this is now, where I stand on this situation. What, what bugged me about all that, I loved all the believe stuff, even though you almost got tied in knots there, and then you just bailed it. I never it, get tied in knots. And no, if I keep, no, if but, I get tied in knots, the solution is keep talking, because eventually I'll untie it. Right, and you did. That was the beautiful thing. You did. But what I have a hard time believing is you full well know who Washington smoked after losing to Montana in a horrific upset and then getting drilled at Michigan. They beat Arkansas State, and you know. You have the roots. So don't pretend like you don't know 
that it wasn't Arkansas State. It was a bad week last week for ASU everywhere. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Hopefully they didn't have 42 penalties and then blame it on the crowd when all you need to do is look at the ball. And you had what? Penalties. Look at the ball? Yeah, How do you know that? Did you put your SCU. hands in the dirt in a loud stadium? <laughs> you must be smarter than the entire Arizona State coach. Wait a minute. Like, look at I'm the like, ball. I'm like Jed Fish. I never actually played ball. <laughs> I was a tennis guy. Uh, so... Uh, and Mike Leach didn't play college ball. So, yeah, that's that's a bunch of crap there uh, as far as them. That just plays in Utah's favor. Uh, in the South, there's really only one game I'm worried about for Utah, and that's SC. That doesn't mean the other two teams can't beat them, but I'm not worried about it. Maybe I'll change my mind when we get there. Wait till you get there. Be Washington State, get a bye week to get ready for USC, and then we'll see where they are and reset. I'm telling you, Monday at 11 o'clock, it's going to be all good news. <laughs> the good news is Kyle's going to give himself the bye week off from the press conference. I'm out! <laughs> oh, they're not going to have a Monday? I don't, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if they will or they won't. But when you said good news, I'm like, Kyle's got some good news. <laughs> Well, yeah, if you're going to do it after a loss, you might as well do it after a win, win. right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, You're 1-0. This is what you've been preaching. Zero and zero. I wish I had a buck for every time somebody in the Ute program said we're zero and zero. (laughs) (laughs) We played that during the Ute update in the last last hour or two hours ago. You're going to hear it again. Oh, we are? Are we about to hear it again? Nice. I'd be planning my retirement party, man. They've been saying it. They've been drumming into our heads. Uh, just like a thousand times and keep saying it. Uh, and it's, it's fresh for them because they never really had to say it because they were always 3-0. and <laughs> Right. And they didn't need a new season. They just needed to continue. So they never really pumped that up. Well, they pump it up now because for the first time since they've been in the conference, they go 1-2. and two. Wow, we're 0-0. Zero and zero. And all right, great, 0-0. Zero and zero. The issues that you have are still there. You can be, you can tell us whatever you want, but the issues that you have on your football team, they haven't changed just because the conference has started. <laughs> That's the most important thing. All right, so college football tomorrow, uh, the local game at 10 a.m., Channel 2, CBS, Utah State and Boise State. Are you and Fox calling that game? No, no, Fox is calling the uh, Weber State game. No, but there's plenty o'clock. of time to do a double header. <laughs> That'd be awesome. No, this is a CBS <laughs> national TV broadcast. It's going coast to is. coast. Aggie fans in Maine can watch this game. Boise State fans in Florida can watch this game. But if you need to channel surf, Soldier Field, Notre Dame, Wisconsin, home of the Bears, will be hosting that game, and it's on Big Fox at 10 a.m. So that might be worth, you know, a quick glance. Oh, I will, for sure. Yeah, the second TV window. You're a male, and you've got a remote in your hand. Exactly. The second window, well, the Utes kick off a little early at 1230. Most of the games start at 130. The Utes are on the Pac-12 network. The second window, if you're channel surfing, uh, if you're a Big 12 fan or future Big 12 fan, uh, Baylor's playing Iowa State on Big Fox, so that's intriguing. And Arkansas, after beating Texas, Arkansas is 3-0 and and ranked 16th. They've been a doormat in the SEC West forever. And they get Texas A&M coming in, who's ranked number 7. So, well, I mean, they play that 60 minutes of hell down there in Arkansas. So. <laughs> that's, I don't know that many people got that reference, but that was, that was nice. It's a 25-year-old college basketball reference, 30-year-old college basketball reference. Well played. Now, if the Utes win... 
and we expect they will, and they're 15-point favorites. But if they win, PK, the third TV window, there, is, uh, there isn't a local game kicking off there at 4 or 5 o'clock. So, Stanford-UCLA? All right, if the Utes win, let's see who in the South can hold it together. Put that one on the radar. See if UCLA well, if the to... Bruins lose, that's two in a row. They're a mess all of a sudden. Yep. And Chip Kelly, when are you going to get it going on? It's funny how these storylines can it's just change, change in so two fast. weeks. But he's you know, also saying we're 0-0 zero and zero on the Pac-12. Right, but I'm saying oh. if they lose, if though. If they lose, you're right. And Stanford, 1-0 if they win that, stamped themselves as the prime contender to Oregon by sweeping the L.A. schools. Oh, most definitely. Getting I to 2-0 totally and 3-1. And, and plus, they would be undefeated with their new quarterback. Right. So hey. they keep, keep playing yeah. these games back and forth. Yep. So the, 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 the point is, if you get off to a slow start, just switch quarterbacks. <laughs> Even if the quarterback isn't the issue, just switch them because then you can preach, oh, it's a new start. We got a new player, blah, 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 blah. DJ and PK, your feedback coming up next. Stay with us. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. DJ PK, it is time for your feedback. PK, uh, before we get to that, I have to tell you one thing about high school football and probably college football recruiting. And I know you are a Brighton Bengal before you were a Corner Canyon Charger, and you may go back to your Bengals one day as you flip-flop teams. But if you talk to the Brighton coaching staff, you got to give them the slow clap. I don't talk to them, but go ahead. Don't outthink the room. Playing East last night, they'd been up 20-7. to They fell behind. It's 28-20. They're driving against the clock like three minutes ago, and they have a third and 14. And you know what you do? You throw the playbook and the analytics out the the window, and you give the ball to Lander Barton, and you get out of the way. Another in a long line of athletes in that family, and he goes like a bowling ball off bowling pins and picks up the first down. And they did it on third down, so they had fourth down. They could have given it to him again if they had to. Never forget, no matter what happens, give the ball to the awesome athlete. I told you about that kid in the sixth grade. I know you did. I know. And, and it was awesome. With the game on the line, they just threw a short pass over the middle and just let him go to work. And he was banging off these kids. I was he, watching it. Yeah, he got the first down, and they won the game. More high school football tonight, college football tonight, and then tons of college football tomorrow. You have a lot of confidence in our local teams. BYU getting 90% of the vote off 300 votes to beat USF. And uh, we have people tweeting at us. Um, Adam says, well, it looks like we got about 10% Ute fans voting here. I get it. 73% for the Utes to win. 52% for Utah State on almost 350 votes. So you can vote David DJ James on Twitter. Uh, Other stuff we have coming in here. I think Utah and BYU win, but I'm skeptical Utah State does, the Jazzy Ute tweets at us. And Lance Archibald says Utah and BYU are absolutely winning. WSU and USF are going to get manhandled. I highly doubt Utah State's going to win. I don't highly doubt it. You got a number yet? You settled on a percentage? I settled on 30. You want to go 40? You're not going 30 because you're not going to agree with me. And you're not going 20. That's, you, you got, they got a better chance than that. Because they can outscore people. They win the turnover battle, they win the game. There it is. Not that far out on the limb, but I'll take it. Uh, Oh, here comes another one. I don't see Utah manhandling anyone, unfortunately. I could see a 24-17 win. I want more than that. Yeah, right? Unless uh, the Cougs score like two minutes to go or something. You know, it's somewhat of a meaningless score. 
All right. DJ and PK, we are out of time. Hans and Scotty are coming up next, and they are giving away tickets to see the Utes and the Cougars, possibly the Aggies, too. Scotty G will set you straight in just a minute. Stay tuned to find out when you can win tickets on their show. They will tell you next.